up something. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it No Deanna, speak that shit that everybody voucher Ain't no more excuses valid, get up off the couch and get up in your bag To your bank account, need an accountant I study millionaires cause I was born a visionary You still believe in limitations, why you acting scary? You can't distract me from the paper, I've been chasing greatness I'm stacking now and balling later, in the conversation We strategizing, monetizing, piling up investments And sacrificing temporary sh for bigger blessings Yeah, a tapped in boss mind state I multiply my grind rate and I match the way I vibrate Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million if you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it No Deanna, speak that sh** that everybody voucher Ain't no more excuses valid, get up off the couch and get up in your bag To your bank account, need an accountant What's up, you guys? Welcome to another episode of the Millionaire Mindsets Podcast. My name is Deanna Kent, sitting here with my co-host, Xavier Miller. What up? What up? See, look, at, look at that nice <laughs> intro so far. Yes, sir. So we have a very special guest, a very special friend of mine. She decided to join us on this week's episode, and I'm so excited to have her on the podcast today. Her name is Deja Marnay. She's a mobile home investor entrepreneur and author she's doing a lot of great things so welcome to the show Deja thank you I'm excited to be here we're excited to, we, we excited to have you like I said before we started you know I've been I've been hearing a, a lot of good things about you and I'm the type when I'm when we have somebody on a podcast I really don't want to talk to them until we get on because I just want everything to be a fresh conversation not right. scripted nothing like that so yeah we're excited to have you on yeah let's get let's get let's get it let's get it so um First question we ask everybody this when uh, when we when we get started is so like where you are right now like how did that start like just give us some background on yourself yeah so um, I'm 24 right now so I graduated college in 2019 so I actually went to Murray State University on a track and field scholarship so for those of you who aren't familiar Murray is in Kentucky it's the middle of nowhere Kentucky is grass fields corn fields. Confederate flags, that's what it is. So um, while I was there, I had a lot of time to think because there wasn't nothing else to do. So um, I'm running track and then I'm trying to decide what do I want to do with my life? Like what, you know, how do I want to make money? Like I always liked nice things. Like I had my first designer bag when I was like five years old. So I'm like, okay, well, when I graduate, I'm going to be on my own. How am I going to get the things that I want? So that's kind of when... Um, the wheel started turning for me. And I think my sophomore year of college, I started just selling um, t-shirts. The t-shirt said gifted. It was, um, I had a blog where I would write about finding your purpose. And so for me, like I said, I had a lot of time to think in Kentucky. So I was thinking about my purpose, how I want to help people, what I want to do, you know, in addition to making money, how did I want to go about doing that? So I started selling t-shirts. Um, I started writing blogs just about finding your purpose because that's something that I think a lot of um, young people struggle with. And so from there, any idea that I ever had, I just executed on it. 
That's pretty that's that's pretty simple to me. I like that. So but what made you um like mobile homes? Like what made you want to go that route? Yeah, so um when I was in Kentucky, it was I saw a whole bunch of mobile homes. I didn't really I didn't really connect the dots then. But um, so my degree is in healthcare administration. And so I was interning at a Medicaid place. So um, in Medicaid, for those of you who aren't familiar, it's people with low income and we helped them, we were helping them get healthcare. So um, a lot of those people also had issues with getting affordable housing. So that was my first introduction in terms of like, it's people who can't even afford to pay $300 rent. You know, it was people who, will never have the opportunity to own their own homes. So that was my first introduction into that. And then I actually heard a podcast. Um, like I said, I was trying to find my purpose or what I wanted to do. So during this time, I wasn't watching TV. I wasn't listening to music. I was just listening to podcasts. So I heard a podcast about um, mobile home investing. And I was like, what is this? So I was interested in it. And I really started doing it um, the next week. But also prior to that, I knew that I wanted to be in real estate. So I started looking at um, traditional real estate. I know a lot of people say, if you're young, buy a duplex, have a roommate. I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to live with nobody. Like, that's not for me. So um, I was trying to figure out what was for me in terms of real estate. And mobile home investing happened to be a great fit for me. So did you start investing in mobile homes in Kentucky, like near your school? So I started investing in mobile homes in August of 2019 um, in Georgia. So I started off wholesaling, not specifically investing because I didn't have the capital or the credit to really have that amount of cash to go and buy a mobile home. So um, for me, I started off being just a facilitator um, of deals, wholesaling. And I did that in Georgia. Okay, okay. So what the, that first deal, what was that first deal like? The first deal was crazy because, so I started in August. I didn't get August of 2019. I didn't get my first deal until January of 2020. So um, it was a lot of trial and error. It was a lot of like, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. I should be doing something else. You know, uh, my parents coming home from work, they looking at me, they're like, what is you doing? And I'm like, I'm trying to do something. They're like, you need to do something. Like, come on. Um, so my first deal was actually a wholesale deal. I think it was for like $1,000. And at the time I was super excited. I'm like, wow, like this works. I could actually do this. So um, when I got that wholesale deal from there, it was kind of like, all right, bet. Like I can do this. Let's turn it up a notch. And from there, I already had like my seller's list and my buyer's list together. So that's when I started actually doing more deals. I started purchasing homes. Um, wholesale checks got bigger and bigger. I wholesale, my first big deal was wholesaling a mobile home park. That was like $19,000. So when I did that, I was like, can't nobody tell me nothing. Like, this is it. It's only up from here. Uh, hey, that's cool. But um, like, I think that goes back to something we speak on a lot. Because a lot of times people try to wait to things is perfect to get started until they feel like the most confidence. And I believe, like, I'm a firm believer that just start anyway. Like once you get the experience, is gonna give you like more confidence once you see like, okay, it might be something small. Your first check might be a hundred dollar check, but that's gonna show you that like, damn, I could do it. It's actually possible. It's actually possible. And that's what it sounds like. Your story is like, you got your, your confidence kept building up. The more you got active, the more you was out there uh, doing stuff and negotiating deals and stuff. So that's, I, I love to hear that. 
for sure. Um, that was definitely a good reinforcement for me for my confidence because you know you keep hearing no, no, no. You keep taking L's. Eventually, you're like maybe this not it. But like I really learned from that. Like it's only so many L's you can take. Eventually, you're gonna learn. Eventually, you're gonna win. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's all about. And I wanted you to dive into. You mentioned you had your sellers list and your buyers list. So how did you build up both of those different lists, and what did it look like as far as finding leads for your deals? Yeah, so I built up those lists uh, first and foremost by driving for dollars. And for those of you who don't know, driving for dollars is literally, um, well, the way I do it is I go on Google Maps, type in mobile home parks, and I drive towards those parks. However, like the greatest gem for me is that the really good deals I've gotten, they're not on Google Maps. I just happen to run into them while I'm driving. So I would get to those areas, put out um, flyers, embedded signs, and I'll keep it really simple. I buy mobile homes my number um so that's how i started building my sellers and buyers list in addition to that i was on um, facebook marketplace on facebook they have specific groups so for example mobile homes for sale in georgia mobile homes for sale under 20k or whatever so i joined all those groups i was looking at people saying hey i'm trying to buy a mobile home for this price in this area or i'm trying to sell one for this price in this area so i will make sure i documented all of those things Another thing that I did was I created ghost ads. So ghost ads are essentially, I would get a random picture of a mobile home and say, hey, I have this home for $10,000, even though I didn't have the home. But that helped me build my buyer list in terms of, okay, these are the people who are looking for this type of home. So when I actually did get those type of homes, it was easy to pinpoint, hey, Alex said he wanted a home for this. Let me reach out to him. I love that you mentioned that because I feel like that's something a lot of people don't talk about. And I've actually seen that a lot, especially looking on like Craigslist and things like that. Like um, they'll call you in the first time like, oh, I don't have that property, but you know, I can add you to my list. Right. It's like, that's so dope. But um, I love that you mentioned Facebook Marketplace because that's where I found my first mobile home deal last year. And I also saw a few on there like for free and all different types of deals. I I feel like Facebook Marketplace is so slept on. So like, how did you, what even made you look at Facebook Marketplace? Yeah, so I was just doing some research and I I heard people talk about Facebook and Craigslist for deals, but I was on there. I'm like, I'm not really seeing anything. So one day I just typed in, um, I just typed in uh, mobile homes and I happened to see private groups. And so like to get in these private groups, they ask you questions like, are you an investor? how much capital do you have? Like they ask you these um, qualifying questions and then you get admitted to the group that way. So I really just stumbled upon the Facebook group. So like you said, like it was a real gem because I've gotten homeless for free that way as well. And and also like, it's a great place for selling too because I've listed three or four mobile homes on Facebook Marketplace. And when I tell you that I had like two, 300 DMs like about- Immediately, they own immediately. it. Immediately. Exactly. And that's what, it's crazy. And I was telling a park owner this because they're like parks, they're really like out of date when it comes to technology and marketing their deals. Like, like you said, the best thing to do is to go there in person to find deals. But that was one thing I talked about with a park owner is like, y'all need to get on Facebook Marketplace. Like you need to use mm-hmm. these different things to push your deals. Exactly. And then I think that, because I noticed that when I first got out here, they were still writing things down, like pen and paper. And I'm like, wow. Like I didn't realize how prehistoric the market was in terms of mobile home investing. So um, 
once, you know, I hopped on Facebook and I developed my systems, it was like people were calling me all day, every day, like deals started to fall into my lap just because I was utilizing Facebook and I was utilizing ads and I had my own website. So, mm-hmm. and that's what it's about. You got to go where the people's attention is at and they are on social media like crazy. They own Facebook. <laughs> they own they Facebook. On for Facebook. If they ain't on Instagram, they might not be on Twitter, but you can pretty much guarantee they're on Facebook. Especially Everybody named mama. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a fact. That's a fact. But um, so as far as like dealing with park owners, like well, how has that experience been? Because I know some in some instances it can be a headache. Yeah, um, and some of them talk to you crazy. Um, for me, I did have some bad experiences, but I had way more good experiences than bad experiences. I would say that um the bad experiences were just Usually, so obviously I'm black, obviously I'm a woman and I'm young. So I think a lot of people will see that. And those instances and be like, you know, I'm going to tell her whatever. They may talk to me crazy. And it's just like I had to learn which deals to walk away from and which ones to still pursue. Um, and then there was even times where, you know, I would have my dad or a male friend get on the phone with the park owner because they may talk to a man differently than they would speak to me. But um, most of the time, I would say my experiences have been positive, especially because I'm always very respectful in my approach and I never approach park managers or owners with, hey, I'm trying to invest. I want to do this. I want to do this. I approach from a place of I am an investor, but how can I help you? What do you need? And I think that that's super important because they lower their guard. Um, when you go to park owners and you just say, I'm invested. I'm trying to buy this. I'm trying to do this. They kind of put that guard up and they aren't willing to talk to you as much. So in my experience, when I come from a place of I want to help you or I want to assist you, it works out better for me in the long run. Agree. And that's something I noticed as well. A lot of them have been burnt by investors, like a lot of inexperienced investors, and they already have like a bad taste in their mouth. So as a new mobile home investor approaching them, you definitely got to come correct because they already have, like you said, this notion in their heads, like I'm going to get screwed over messing with an investor and they prefer a hundred percent to have people who are actually going to live in their park, like purchasing the homes. Exactly. So something I wanted to ask you though, like when you're finding these deals and you know, you're trying to figure out like, all right, is this a good deal? Is this a bad deal? What does your process look like for determining like, is this something you should move forward with? Yeah. So for me, I never want to be all in for over 10k on a deal that's just my own personal um investing philosophy so what i do is i see the home and i'll do my own walkthrough so i'll make sure i see how the interior looks how the floors look the ceiling the outside everything and i'll make my own determination and then on top of that i'll ask a handyman to come in and do a walkthrough with me he'll tell me what he thinks um the home needs and for me i always like to keep it clean and functional so I wouldn't put or put a home out there that I wouldn't allow a member of my family to live in. You know, um, we're in this business to be good people and to help people. So I never want to take advantage or put something trash, you know, back on the market. So um, like I said, for me, I will do my own walkthrough and then I make sure a handyman comes in and do a walkthrough as well. And if it's something that, you know, we can fix up without going over that 10K mark, then we do that. If not, maybe I'll wholesale it to another investor who wants to put in more work or I'll just throw it back on the market or I won't take the deal at all. I like, I like that. That's, um, that's, a, that's a great way to go about it. And as far as like um, 
I forgot. I had another question. It just slipped my mind. It's man, I, I got I got bad memory. Should always slip my mind. <laughs> but uh, I was gonna say what did I was about to say? Damn. Get it together. I know, right? I'm tripping, man. <laughs> it just slipped my mind. It was about it was about uh, mobile homes too. Oh, this is what it was about. It was about like um like partnerships. So when it comes to mobile homes, with it being like a lower entry point, is it something that you like do partnerships with, or you have a mentality of you could just do it on your own so you could get the whole check? Yeah, so um, I think you'll always go farther with a team than you will by yourself. However, with a team, you're splitting the profit, right? So for me, um, I don't really have a consistent team that I do things with. However, I do have a specific set of handymen that I'll call when I do need um, that help and also um, movers, people who move mobile homes. But as far as me actually having a team, not really, because like you said, I want to keep check. However, if it's a real big deal, I need to call in that help, I will. Um, but for the most part, no, I do have a virtual assistant and she makes sure things are organized for me. But that's about it for me as far as a team. Okay. And so at this point, are you doing deals like everywhere or are you just focused on a specific market? So right now I am in Alabama, Georgia and North Carolina. Um, I have nine or 10 mobile homes right now that are under seller finance deals. And then I do wholesale deals as they come and I've done some flips. Um, but for me, I'm pretty much done buying individual mobile homes. My next move is to buy a park. Um, because when you have a multitude of individual homes, it becomes a lot to keep up with. And I'd rather just get a whole park and start that movement. So you said you got like some in North Carolina and things like that. Like, how is it for you doing your process virtually? Like to have these deals out of state? Um, so at first it was very scary. So the first deal that I did out of state actually was in Alabama. So for me, I just drove to Alabama. But um, that one was fine. I could do a walkthrough. Um, I have a friend who lives in Alabama. So he went ahead and would check on the home periodically for me while we were trying to get somebody inside of the home. But I actually have one in North Carolina that I've never seen in person. I've actually never been to North Carolina. Um, it was an investor that I built a relationship with virtually. And he already had a team of handymen that could go ahead and fix up the home. And so I just had to, I was in a position where I had access money. So if the deal didn't go through, it wouldn't be the end of the world. So I kind of took that risk and we did partner on that deal. And so I purchased the home. He got his team to fix it up. And now someone's living in there. That's dope. Has it ever been any um, losses you took since you've been For in the sure. industry? What, what was that like? I probably lost at least ten, fifteen thousand dollars um, since I've been in mobile home investing. I would say that it was me not doing my due diligence. So I think that um, like I purchased a home before. I'm like, oh, it's gonna be cool. It's gonna be a good deal. And then we get into it, the home needs to be like um, turned down. There's so much stuff wrong with it. I didn't do my due diligence to make sure that it's actually livable. I just seen it, did a very quick walkthrough. I was like, okay, it's cool, it's fine. When in actuality, I shouldn't have taken that deal. But for me, um, I'm one of those people where I don't learn a lesson until it hurts me. So uh, that deal, yeah, it hurt my pockets, it hurt my spirit. So from there, I learned, okay, when I do these walkthroughs, this is exactly what I need to be looking for. I need to make sure I do my due diligence. Let me ask you this. Um, as far as like security for your mobile homes, do you do anything to make sure they're secure, especially like during those flips or that process 
of trying to find a tenant because I've seen firsthand like a bunch of people have break-ins or things stolen out of their mobile homes like during that process. Yeah, so for me, I just do a lockbox and I make sure that my relationship is as good as it can be with that park manager or owner, just depending on the park. And they know, like, you know, we're working together. So they know that if I get someone in this home, they're getting consistent lot rent. So they're helping me to make sure, okay, the park is safe, it's clean, they're doing, you know, making sure that nothing goes wrong. So, so far, I haven't had any issues as far as people breaking in, trying to steal the air conditioning or anything like that. So, yep, because especially for those people listening, that stuff does happen. For like, sure. I mean, happen. I've heard instances of um, like homeless people living in mm-hmm. the mobile homes when it's empty. So, yeah, for sure. Yep. And then also in terms of lot rent, do you ever negotiate with the park owners um, like a discounted rate on lot rent? And if so, like, how do you do that? Yeah. So I love um, deals where the park owner is just really pressed to get someone in the home because they're missing out on lot rent. So um, the reason I say that is because it's easier to negotiate a deal in that way. So usually I'd be like, okay, well, I'm going to get this home in cash right now. But in exchange, can I have two months free of lot rent? And usually they're like, yeah, because a lot of times those homes have been sitting for an extended period of time. And at that point, it's like, what's two more months if it's already been here for eight months? So I just ask and I just tell them, hey, you know, this is what, how many homes I have so far. This is my plan as far as to get someone in here. And I think that they just believe me and they don't have much to lose because they're already losing because no one is in the home. Exactly. Credibility goes a long way. So like um, you went to college, right? And like what you're doing now, I'm, I'm guessing that it probably doesn't have anything to do with what you went to college for, correct? Correct. <laughs> so with, the, with that being said, like, and this is a question I always ask people when we have people on here that went to college, now they're doing something completely different. So like, what is your mentality towards college? Because And this is a question I get all the time. People always ask me like, what do you think about college? Should I go to college? And I'm like, it's the only own personal. I can't give you advice on college and I can tell you what I would do if I was in a situation. But like, what is your uh, thoughts and opinions on college since you went that route and you doing you found a lane doing something else? Um, I think it's it depends on the situation. So for me, it's interesting because I was actually gonna go to the Air Force. I was actually about to sign my papers and everything. But um, like I said, I ran track. So I went to college on a division one track and field scholarship. So I don't have any student loans. Mm-hmm. But for me, if I would have had to pay for it, I wouldn't have went. I think that personally, college is only necessary if you're trying to be like a surgeon, a lawyer, something that you need college for. But in this day and age, you can run it up with no degree. It's about, you know, experience and your work ethic. But I will also say that for me, college gave me the time to really discover myself and to think of what I actually want to do. Because I think that if I would have just went working started working from college I wouldn't have had that time to myself to really sit and think I agree I, I, I say the same thing all the time I think if you're going to be like you say like a doctor an engineer or something like this that, that got tech. the poten- tech got the potential yeah. to make you a lot tech of money going crazy right now tech right. Going crazy. <laughs> if it, I think I, I think it makes sense but I think if you're going for um things that you could just go get the trade you can get you a cert get a cert for or something like that 
it might not be the best decision, especially. It, it, but like I said, it depends on your financial situation and yeah. all that kind of stuff as well. But I, I, I pretty much agree. That's crazy that you almost went to the airport. So that would have been dope. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my dad and my stepdad are veterans, so uh, okay. my stepdad was really pushing it. I was, I was like, I was an ROTC um, in high school and in college. So, because I was going to go after I decided that um, I was going to college, I was like, well, I'll just go as an officer and do ROTC, but I couldn't do ROTC and track at the same time. And track was paying for school. So I had to job ROTC. All right, but, so you're you a military bird? Um, <laughs> kind of. So my stepdad got out of the military before he married my mom. My dad, I wasn't living with him when he was in the military. Okay, okay. I was about to say, so you're pretty much from everywhere then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually um, originally from Cleveland, Ohio. Mm-hmm. So I've been in Atlanta since I was eight. You're from Cleveland? Yeah, I told yep, you that. You ain't tell me that. <laughs> I did. Oh, shit. Yeah. I got two, two Clevelands on here. That's yes, crazy. So, I ain't know that. But uh, I wanted to ask you, like, going into mobile homes, because I know when I talk to my family about certain things that they're doing it's just like you doing what so like was your family like kind of especially with them wanting you to go to the airports or you know do track and things like that like what was it like for them to see you grow into this mobile home like boss that you are yeah I got mixed opinions on that um so my mom has always been my number one fan anything I want to do she's like go ahead do it but like I had friends quotation marks and some family Mm -hmm. members who were like she doing what? Mobile homes? I thought she was writing. I thought she was doing fitness. And for me, it's like, um, I'm a businesswoman. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. I mean, um, Jason Lobdell, he says something crazy to me that really resonated with me. He said, my greatest gift is being who I am. And for me, um, I just feel like I'm going to do whatever. There is no limit or no box that I'm going to put myself in. If I wake up and I feel like I'm going to sell stuffed animals, that's what I'm going to do. So... I love it. So, and with that being said, like, where does that business mentality come from? You know, it's interesting you ask that because I don't really have any entrepreneurs in my family. Um, I'm kind of the first one. I would say that for me, it was really surrounding myself with the right people. So when I first started like selling things, it was because the people that I follow on the internet, they're doing, you know, entrepreneurial things. I'm like, I want to do that. I don't want to have to live my life a certain way. I want to do what I want to do. And so um, I would say the deeper I got into that, the more I started upgrading my friends and my network. And, you know, it's like, now nah, I'm sitting in a room with millionaires and I'm like, oh, I got to step with up. I got to do more. And then also I live in Atlanta. So I go downstairs, just people pulling up in rapes. It's, you know, so I'm like, oh, it's, it's go time. I got to do it. So for me, it was just, I would say my network and really knowing what I want. I know I like the finer things in life. I know I want my kids to have a certain lifestyle. So it's like, what can I do to get there? But also how can I help people while I do that? Because for me, anything that I've ever done has been under the guise of helping people, not under the guise, but just making sure I help people because I understand that you make more money if you help others. You know, um, you have to solve problems. You have to make people's lives easier and the money is just going to be a byproduct of that. That is a fact. That's a fact. Go ahead, D. And I was going to actually point out something you said that's real important because you said you didn't want to be boxed in. And I think a lot of people neglect the fact that 
your family and your like closest friends be the first people to box you in like they you're gonna have a few that support you but it'd be like that close circle because if they've never heard of what you're doing and it seems foreign to them they're usually the first people to try and throw you in that box and that's why it's so important you have to be really open to networking and connecting with other people who do what you want to do or who are doing well for themselves and that's honestly how we met because it's like that's how we connected yeah my best relationships as an adult have been from the internet like you said I met you because we followed each other on socials and Mm -hmm. you moved Dallas I happened to be in Dallas I'm like hey let's get dinner you know um so yeah it's just stepping outside of your box and if the people around you aren't on what you want to be on then find people who are and connect with them Mm -hmm. And so was with that being said, so was the move to Atlanta, was that intentional? Just knowing like it's people right here that's this was they own what I'm on. So I'm going to Atlanta. Yeah, so I've been in Atlanta since I was young, like elementary school. But he did I say since he was eight. My bad. Yeah, but you're good because I went to uh college in Kentucky. So after I graduated college, I could have gone anywhere, but I decided to come back to Atlanta because for me, it's no place like Atlanta. It's no place where you have a lot of black people really get into it in a positive way. And it's just super inspiring. So I knew that for me, I had to come back here and start doing whatever I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I also wanted to touch on something you said back in the beginning of the episode, because me and Xavier just had this conversation with my little cousin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's Nori. But something yeah. she was talking about was like, Xavier talks about was like, um, going to a city out the way or having that separation from your home environment so that you can lock in and really grow and you said that's what happened to you when you were away at college in Kentucky so like can you talk about that experience as a whole like what were you doing to really lock in and like have that that self-growth that you really wanted to achieve it's crazy you say that because um so all of my friends were going to like Georgia State, Kennesaw State. And I was telling my parents like, yeah, this is where I want to go. I was trying to talk to the track coaches, get scholarships. And they're like, no, you're not going there. And I was crying. I was upset. I'm like, why? All my friends going here. They're like, no, you're not doing that. Pick somewhere else. And so at the time, I didn't really understand. But when I did get to college, so actually I went to school in Alabama for one year. And then the rest of the three years, I was in Kentucky. But in both places, I didn't know anybody. It was just me, and I met people while I was there. And for me, it was really important to see how other people lived or what um, other people went through. I know that that was my first time ever interacting with white people, for real, because in Atlanta, I went to high school with 90% Black people, maybe 8% Hispanic. So I really never interacted with white people outside of that. So, And I realized, like, in the real world, it's not that many black people so it really helped me to understand how to communicate and learning about money learn about different things that I could do and like I said I was in the middle of nowhere with cornfields so it was nothing else to do but think <laughs> so uh that's when I actually started writing um I started listening to podcasts I started to see like the world is just was so much bigger than what I seen in Atlanta what I was used to in Cleveland and I love that and that's your, your story is the reason why I tell people all the time that they should move out of their hometown. Just because you're going to go to a place where you don't know nobody, because that's going to give you real time to, like you said, sit and think. And that's mm-hmm. where the real transition 
starts to happen, I believe, and you sit and you just start thinking and pondering about stuff like that. What I want to do in my life, because I'm like, I know me, I'm from Chicago. You don't really get that chance because it's such a busy city. It's stuff going on every single day. You That's always be out. outside. Yeah, we be outside. Right, we be outside kicking it all day, all night. So it's never like. Even the chance when you do get to sit down and be like, damn, what I want to do is somebody hitting your phone. Like, hey, whoa, whoa, come outside. It's like, all right. So you never really get to sit down and be like, damn, like what I want to do in my life. So until you go away, you don't know nobody and you got no choice but to sit down and just think like, damn, man, what I want to do for my life. Now you got a different perspective on life, different information. If you took it serious and start learning some shit and then that's thing, you know, you go from there. So that's, that, that's uh, exactly. like, I, I love to hear that. So, did you um get a job after college or you you just been a full-time entrepreneur for? I did. So I ended up getting a job for a healthcare IT company um, remotely. And um, because it was remote, it's not like I was really doing much. So all of my time was mobile home investing or my fitness line, Junae, for the most part. So how long, how long were you working there? Um Oh, a little over a year. Uh, yeah, a little over a year. Before that, I was working for, um, like, in college when I was interning. When I was talking about how I noticed about affordable housing, I was working for um, a Medicaid company. Okay. And so when did, when did you leave and when did you know it was time to leave? I knew it was time to leave when I felt like, when I, first of all, when the money was looking like how it was looking. And when I was tired, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's first and foremost. And then secondly, um, I just felt I was tired of them. Like they were barely saying anything to me, first of all, because it was remote and it was kind of like do your deliverables and that's it. But I may get one email in two days and I'm irritated by seeing it pop up on my phone. And it's like, girl, you might go ahead. <laughs> so, yeah, that was really that. Okay. Okay. Make, make, makes sense. And I, I'm the reason I'm asking this is I always ask people, like, especially if somebody that's full-time entrepreneurs, I'm always asking, like, so what gave you the, because, you know, coming up, how we come up most of the time, everybody in our family had nothing to file. So it's like, when you branch off and you say, I'm about to do this, I'm about to do my own thing. It's like, people looking at you like, man, you sure you want to do that? And a lot of people get scared. And they just say, man, you know what? I'm going to stick it out. I'm going to stay with, I'm going to stay at the job for a little longer. So, and you still very, very young. So to take that leap, that shows you the amount of confidence you really have in yourself. Yeah. I think that for me, that's one of my favorite things about myself is my confidence and my belief in self. Um, I'm, I'm a student forever, but I'm also like, no one can tell me about me. Like I know me, I know how much work I put into myself. Especially at this point, I'm young. I don't have any kids. So, you know, it's now or never for real. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, I kind of want you to dive into the book because that was one of the first things you um you did was you started writing. You had the blog and then eventually you wrote the book. So can you talk to us like about that process and becoming an author at 23? Yeah. So the book was called 23 Steps Ahead. Um, prior to me writing the book, I would had a blog. It was just DejaMarnay.com. And I didn't have a large social media following. I maybe maybe had like 5,000 followers at the time. But um, I would just write a blog every week. And I noticed people were tuning in. People were reposting. And I'm like, oh, wow, like people really, you know, are caring about what I'm saying. And people would DM me and say, hey, this touched me. You know, I appreciate you putting this out. So I think I was writing blogs on my website for about a year and a half. 
And then um, my birthday was coming up. And for me, um, from going from 22 to 23, it was a lot of transformation that I made within myself in terms of what do I want to do? Who am I? Just learning myself. And so um, it had 23 chapters. And each chapter was about something about self-discovery or how you can work towards, you know, finding your purpose and aligning with what you want to be or who you want to be in the future. So I decided to write a book and I actually had 230 copies printed out. And so in my mind, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to just do this and we'll see what happens. But it was crazy because it sold out in like three weeks. And so that's when I kind of noticed like people really are paying attention to what I say. So um, that was a really great experience. And from there, I just realized that, you know, I do provide volume with things that I say and things that I do. So that's when I kind of took notice of, I guess, my audience. Yeah. Go ahead, D. And I was gonna say, like, no, I really love that because I like that you said, you know, you you only have 5,000 followers, but you kept going, you kept putting out the content. And I think that's something a lot of like young entrepreneurs and people need to realize is that no matter how many followers you have, like there's always somebody listening. People like, always watching. Yep. All you need is that that one, two people who become like core followers and who are always paying attention to the things you do and eventually like how it happened for you it's just gonna pop off like right. it's gonna start to connect and touch more people but something else I think is really important is like how self-aware you are at a young age and it's something me and Xavier always talk about is like a lot of people get in their 20s and they are so focused on partying and distractions that they don't take the time to really sit down and get to know themselves and like really reflect. So what inspired you to actually like go through this self-aware journey? Yeah. Um, so for me, I, I grew up in Atlanta. So we were outside of high school. We were at the clubs. We were at the strip clubs, 15, 16 years old. So it's like outside wasn't really nothing new. Like we've been outside, you know? And so for me, it was kind of like, okay, I see what's out there. Now, what do I want to do? And for me, my ultimate goal is to be a good wife and a good mother. So I know that that's, you know, what I want to work towards. I know that what I'm doing is to help my kids in the future. So that's more of my priority. And I also know what kind of life that I want to live. So, um, and outside ain't going nowhere. Outside is going to be the same. So for me, would you rather be, I had to ask myself, would I rather be outside you know, only having a certain amount or only being able to buy a certain amount or do I want to be outside doing what I want to do and not have them look at the check, you know? So that was just, I just had to realize what are my priorities. I'm over here laughing because I'm thinking like, man, you about to get a million DMs after that. Right? When this drop, you about to get a trillion DMs. <laughs> People what? A wife? Right, a mother? Right. <laughs> they finna, finna go crazy. But uh, <laughs> so back to mobile homes for a second. So yeah, like mobile homes, we uh well, I know me, Deanna, I'm pretty sure you know as well, being a recession-proof industry, like is that something that like keeps you in the industry? Cause right now we in COVID, we in the middle of a pandemic. We're kind of like a tailwind. I guess because everybody everybody back out now. So I guess that's the end everybody of it. But, yeah, yeah. So is that something that like you had a, you keep in mind? Yeah. Um, so I made the most money I ever made in my life. Granted, I'm only 24, but that was the best year I ever had in a recession. 
or in you know pandemic or whatever pandemic, right and so um for me you know people always are going to need some place to live affordable housing is always going to be a market you know you need shelter regardless of anything so what i really am learning what i learned from um mobile home investing is i'm always going to be in some type of affordable housing because anything could happen to where you know commercial spaces spaces are no longer you know that sought after but regardless from you know the low income to high income people always need somewhere to live that's a fact that's a fact right there and uh i want to ask you this because it's something that's popped up in my mind because somebody asked me this the other day and uh that when i was on instagram live they said what does success mean to me so i want to ask you i want to ask you that question for me success is living life on my own terms while also being able to help people and like I said before, like being able to help create a successful family. So, um, yeah, that's basically my answer to that. Man, I love your answers. Uh, you see, you see my face, and I'm like, man, I love yeah, that answer. Because I, 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 I feel the same way. Like, I don't pay well, I think success it is attached to money, but it's not solely attached to money to me because I know people that make their millions of dollars that still they miserable. They miserable or they still on the clock. They're not in control of their time. You know what I'm saying? They still gotta work six, seven days a week. They only could take a vacation every blue moon, even though they're getting paid a lot of money, they're not in control of their time. And success right. to me is just being in control of your time, doing what I want to do when I want to do it. As simple as that, and creating a successful, affluent family. That's my life goal. So to hear that, that's dope. That's that's dope. I like that word, affluent. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. That's that's. Go ahead, D. So I was gonna pivot a tad bit. We gotta get into the fitness branch, you know, fit. So can you dive into that, like with the mobile homes, writing a book, then now a fitness brand. Where, like, how did that come about? Yeah. So um, I started my fitness brand before I even got into mobile home investing. Actually, so I started it with one of my best friends. Her name is Star. We started this in 2018. Um, me and her have been friends since high school. We were always very like, whatever we want to do, we're just going to do it. So we were talking one day, you know, I ran track. So I was always getting like Nike sports bra shorts or whatever. And I'm very like, love matching sets. I love cute colors. Um, so I was just looking at the clothes. I'm like, they're not really they're very masculine. They're not really cute. Like, I want to work out. Everything is cute. Everything is matching. And so my friend, she was working out as well. So I was telling her about this. And we was like, you know what? Let's just do it. Let's go ahead and do um, a fitness line. So we started doing that. And it's so crazy to think about the evolution. Like, we've been featured on Cosmopolitan, um, BuzzFeed, Stylecaster. And it was really just us being consistent, going out, finding vendors. We've had influencers buy our clothes. And it's just was very surreal to think about because we started this. I was in college. I was also running track. She was in college. She was an accountant major. She had a full-time job. And there was times where, you know, I had classes and I had practice and then I would have to come home and we, you know, I'm doing inventory. And also at this time I was in Kentucky and she was in um, Atlanta. So we had inventory split between both states and I would go send out packages after practice. She would go after work um and we just that's how we started we just continued so today we're shifting from june fit to shop june so we're going to have um athleisure as well we're going to have swim so we're just you know rebranding and venturing out that way but 
we just woke up one day, decided we wanted to do it, and we just went for it. But I also had a couple of roadblocks regarding that because, and hopefully they're changing it now, but like the NCAA doesn't want you to make any money if you're an athlete. So I ran into issues with um, my sports director saying, hey, we don't want you to do this. You're an athlete. So, you know, we also had to fight that. And to be honest, that made me want to go even harder because I'm like, you know, you're not going to tell me what I can do or what I can't do. And so that ended up working out and still going today. That's crazy because I didn't even know like that would be a thing. Like that's a side business. Like that's your own personal hustle. Like you can't make they don't want no you money. No, you can't. If you're, if you're an athlete in college, you're not supposed to. Yeah, yeah. They don't want you to make nothing. They're trying to change it now. <laughs> But right, yeah, yeah, you they don't want you to make a, a dime. The shit is crazy for sure. But yeah. the craziest thing about it to me was like, um, you know, when you're an athlete, you get money, you get checks per month or whatever. But track and field, I don't know how it is, um, at other schools, but at my school, we were getting the least amount of money. You know, basketball, football were getting the most because they were bringing in the most people. So I'm like, not only y'all not giving us a big enough check, but y'all don't want us to, you know, want us to get out here and get it on our own. So, yeah. Hey, that, like that. you said, they trying to change it now. So yeah. I hope they're, you know, doing better regarding that. Yeah, it's probably. I still don't. I, in my opinion, I still don't think it would be anything that's like crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like a life change check or nothing like that. Even though they making they making those colleges a whole bunch of money. It should be made. It should have been making money a long time. ago. For sure. No, it is. That's that's straight up. And uh, so I want I like doing scenarios. So let's say somebody listens to this, a young woman, young man, like they was probably in a similar position you was before you started. They may be 19, 20, 21, even older. And they like, right. damn, I wanna um I wanna do what she's doing. Like she in mobile homes, but I don't got no capital, I ain't got no resources, I might not have the information. Like, where where like how can I get started? Like, what's your best a piece piece of advice for that person? Yeah, so um, regarding mobile home investing, first and foremost, I just released a course with um, 4K Pathway to Success. They were doing Airbnb Toro, and I went ahead and put mobile homes on there. So we just released that the other day. And let's just say for a second conversation, you don't have the money to pay for the course. I started with maybe $50. The $50 came from me um, printing out flyers, putting we buy mobile homes, putting my phone number, paying the Wi-Fi bill, to get on Facebook and then I had a truck already and pay for gas, a job for dollars. So the short answer to that is you don't need any money. Um, we live in the information age. You need your phone. You don't even need an iPhone. You just need Android, you need internet. I don't know if the library is still open, go to the library, you know, get on the computer. It's just no excuse, you know, you really just have to be consistent and persistent with whatever you wanna do because for most of the time, it's not gonna click overnight. You just gotta keep going. That's a fact. That's the man. And what's so what's so funny about that is like we didn't had this is our 100, 128th episode. So we didn't had like maybe like a hundred something guests the successful people. And generally speaking, if the story, like obviously the way that people got there, the route they go about it is different. But at the core and the values of what the people say is generally the same. So that's why I asked that question, just so people can understand, like to stop looking for a damn secret formula. And just know, like, you know what I'm saying? The root is going to be information action. You know what I'm saying? That's going to lead to money. And then you double up, triple up. And you just go from there. So that's why, I, that's why actually, I like, I like, I like what you said too. Yeah. Cause I feel like most, if you look at the statistics, most millionaires aren't born with money. They made, you know, that's their own fact. way. They made their money. 
So, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it's always someone who had less than what you have. And honestly, if you were in America, you privileged, you know? Um, so I just don't think there's any excuse for real. That's a fact. And, and most, and I think people got to stop trying to, um, I mean, obviously it's a lot of people that is winning young and you should strive for that, but you got to just stop comparing yourself with these. If you see, they see, they see you, they say, damn, Dave, she's 24, she winning, she got this, she got that, she making money, she traveling. I want to be like, I want to be like that. And they want to happen overnight. Not knowing like all the stuff that you could have been through to get to this point where you are now. Because the reality, like the statistics say, most people don't get their stuff together financially. So they're like damn near 40 years old. Not saying that has to happen to you, but I'm just saying that's just, you know what I'm saying? That's just life, how it go. That's right. the statistics, you know what I'm saying? So you can't expect to get rich or wealthy over overnight. You shouldn't expect it to happen so, so damn fast. Just it's as long as it happens, that's what I tell people all the time. Like, if your goal is to truly become wealthy, the time never happened, why does it matter? As long as you yeah. get there. You know what I'm saying? Your people good. You know, you can take care of your people. Obviously, we all want to be up when we're young, and a lot of us are, but it's not going to happen for everybody. But at the end of the day, just keep just just, just keep working, keep grinding. You'll get there. Yeah, I think that um, in the instant gratification age, a lot of us yeah. lose sight of the process. You know, the end result is going to be the end result, but what is the process? That's what we need to focus on. I think that... um. A lot of times we get discouraged when we're not at the end result when we want to be there, but it's like, look how far you've come. Like, look at what your process is. So I think we need to take time to definitely be grateful and appreciative of that. That's a bar. And that's mm -hmm. the, the process is the most important. That's the most important part of all this shit. Cause like, just last, like we was just having a conversation about this yesterday, me and my uh, boys. And we was talking about how like the difference between like, and this is no knocks to people that's getting their money, however they get it. But I'm pretty sure y'all seen this as well. It's a difference in mentality with people that might scam their way to get some, get a million dollars and somebody that legitimately like work and hustle and build something up to get a million dollars. Mm -hmm. like, even though they might have the same amount of money, it's just a different For way sure. of thinking. Like they spend their shit because the value, they still don't understand the value. They ain't really go through no, cause it's like a personal growth, a personal like development journey you gotta take before you could really, when you on this side of it, you try to do it the right way, it's like it's mandatory for you to get the money. Yeah. But you could be doing some illegal shit, you could be broke today, hit a lick, find a lick, and you could be up tomorrow, but the personal development never happens, so you blow through the money so damn fast. But we know what it takes to get money, we know what it been through, so we know the value of it, we just not gonna blow it that damn fast. So that's why, yeah. <laughs> yeah I know I live in the, uh, the scam capital, Atlanta, yeah. so yeah. that's money for sure. But it's crazy you say that because, um, you know, like a couple of years ago, I had like a dream car that I wanted to get, right? And now I don't have a dream car because I can get whatever I want. If I can't get it now, I know I can get it. But I used to be like, oh, I can't wait to get this car. And it's now that I'm in the position to where I can get a really nice car. I'm like, uh, do I want to drop this money on this or do I want to invest it here, you know? So, um, yeah, it's crazy you say that because you just, I look at everything differently. It's like, you know, also, like I can't upgrade my lifestyle. I can't do this and that. But I, I really don't want to. I'd rather invest it here. I'd rather do this. So. Exactly. Because you've been, you, that's, that's, that's going through personal development. If you ain't go through that and you just hit Got hit with that boatload of money, that boatload of resources right now. You probably just be whipping whatever, spending. spending. I'm getting a Birkin. Whatever you right, Birkin bag, <laughs> yeah. Birkin bag, Lamb, Lambos, Lamb. all that. No, that's real. That's real. But you're gonna you gonna get all that stuff anyway. You're gonna do it. You're gonna do it when it's right time. Do it right, right though. Yeah. That's that's what's important. Doing it right. 
You what you you have something I see you on your face like you want to say something. No, I was just agreeing. I think like you said that we all need that process because it builds character. At yeah. the end of the day, we gotta go through that process. Mm-hmm. Even though it makes it's a lot of times where it sucks, especially in the beginning, when you might be broke, you might not have many resources as you think you should have, especially if you're on the internet and you watching mm-hmm. other people. Man, you really gonna be, you know what I'm saying? You feel behind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you feel behind. You start comparing yourself to, to your peers and other people that you don't even know. Mm-hmm. That's, you know yeah, and I think what a lot of people don't understand is like, internet is all cap. Like, just cap. because somebody posted that, do they really have it? Is it really there? Mm-hmm. Is it real? Like, nobody knows, you know? So it's just like, I say, don't take that in. And it's like, for me personally, I follow only like maybe 200 people on there because I filter what I want to see. And so if you're a person, you feel like, you know, seeing certain things on the internet is making you feel a certain way, filter your road. Like, don't, if you don't want to see it, unfollow it. Don't look at it. Like, don't feed into that. That's a fact. Because ain't nobody showing you their L's. Like, exactly. it's Instagram. Like, ain't nobody, it's just a highlight. Everything really. cute on Instagram. Everything cute. Yeah. Ain't nobody showing you, like, all the 25,000 they might have just lost doing some dumb shit. Or anything, you know what I'm saying? Don't nobody show, don't nobody show you or tell you that part. So you looking at somebody's page and you comparing all your your uh your imperfectness to somebody's perfect image, which the shit ain't gonna never, you know what I'm saying? It's always never gonna make you feel so yeah. it ain't gonna never match mm-hmm. up. So you just can't even you can't even you can't even do that. But yeah, I, I, I love this conversation, man. I hope I hope I hope this um I'm pretty sure it is gonna help some people, man. A lot of people gonna listen, especially young, yeah, yeah, especially like mm-hmm. uh this is inspirational, man. Both of y'all, y'all two young, two two young women that's doing y'all thing. So salute to y'all. Like it's it's it's, it's super it's super inspirational, man. We in a different era right now. You can win. You can definitely, you know, what I'm saying it's different times. Like it, it's crazy. Sure. It's crazy to see. But yeah, do you have you have anything else? Uh no, I touched on all my questions. Do you got anything else? I'm pretty sure I do. Uh, you know, my memory be like janky, man. I'll be maybe slipping my mind. <laughs> But what what about uh what about you, Dave? You have something else you want to go over? Then we get a chance to go over. What? No, no. Matter of fact, matter of fact. Sorry, to cut you off. You forgot. To, you. I want you to plug your um your website where your course is. Yes. Yeah, so um, mobilehomeinvestingformula.com. and I actually want to touch on that. So um, we were earlier we were talking about connections and making sure you network with the right people. And the way that I actually um, connected and got this course was because um, I live in Atlanta. So if you live in Atlanta, I'm pretty sure you're familiar with Mr. Tubic Style. His name is Jason. Um, I'm into fitness. So I was at his gym. I was working out. A friend of mine actually had a workout class. So I went to her class and I ended up seeing him. And I'm the type of person, if I recognize you and I see you in person, like I'm going to introduce myself. So I introduced myself to Jason. He's like, you know, you look familiar. What you got going on? I'm like, I'm actually, I'm invested in mobile homes. She's like, oh, word? He's like, you know, I have a um, university where we teach how to invest with $4,000 or less. It's called 4K Pathway. He said, I would love for you to put mobile homes on there. Let's talk about that. And so in that time, I'm like, well, that's crazy because I never really intended to have my own course or really to do anything like that. I had a little ebook and I was doing consultations, but I didn't really intend to do anything um, as far as education and mobile home investing on a grand scale and um, just putting myself out there. That's how we were able to do that. And I was also able to step out of my comfort zone. Like I really never liked talking on camera or talking to a whole bunch of people. Um, like I prefer one-on-one interactions. And so um, when we were getting everybody ready for the course, he hit me up. He's like, hey, we have this conference coming up. It's called um, 
the formula conference, the circle of CEOs. And for those of you who don't know, the circle of CEOs, about six men, um, they're all millionaires. They based out of Atlanta and they do different things. So um, they had this conference. He's like, yeah, I want you to speak. Talk about mobile home investing. He said, it's going to be 3,000 people there. So I'm like, okay, whatever. So then I get there the day before um, I'm actually supposed to speak. And it's one thing hearing that it's going to be 3,000 people and actually seeing 3,000 people in a room. So I got there. I'm listening to other speakers. I'm like, what? So like my heart dropped a little bit. I'm like, I don't know about this. And so um, the next day comes, it's time for me to speak. And, you know, he just told me, like, you good? Like, just talk, you will be good. So I was nervous, and then I got on stage, and it was like everything came naturally. It was cool. And I was able to touch so many people. So many people reached out to me. You know, I was able to answer questions. And I really, like, really appreciate that because, for me, I never wanted to be a public speaker or to really even be in a public eye for real. So um, for me, that was just eye-opening to see, like, you know, to network and really to see what doors open up for you when you really just put yourself out there and really stay in your own lane. That's that's amazing. Oh, that's dope, because look, a simple conversation at the gym turned into all yes. that. That is mm-hmm. crazy. And you did your thing. I seen the clips of you on stage. Thank looking you, good. thank so she, you. My girl did her thing on that stage. <laughs> but yeah, that's what it's all about, getting yeah. out of your comfort zone and doing what you got to do. Power of networking yeah. right there. Mm-hmm. Right, you know what I'm saying? The opportunity will never happen if she doesn't just take take the yeah. time to go step to somebody and say, hey, what's up? I'm so-and-so. A lot okay. of people be too, they be too, a lot of people be too in their ego, too much pride to see somebody and they try to act like, they know who it is, they'll be like, try uh, like they don't know who it yeah, is. Yeah, try to be too right. cool. want to be too cool and shit. Like, I ain't gonna say nothing. Because I'm the same way. I see somebody I know. Deanna, yeah, you know, I'll be like, hey. I know you. <laughs> I'll be like, hey, what's yeah. up? What's up? What's up? What's up? I know you. Because you never know. Yeah, you never know. Like, you know what I'm saying? And just like, even if it don't, no opportunity presents, the uh, opportunity doesn't present. And so I'm the type of person, I just want to show love to people. If I rock yeah. with you and I've been I've been following your content, I'm not going to act like I don't. When I see you, I'm going to be like, hey. Yeah, that's so weird to me yeah. in that age. Like, people want to talk on the internet, but like, you know, life you. is about real life connections. Like, if I know you on exactly. the internet and I see you, like, hey, how you doing? I like this or whatever. You exactly. Know? I'm going to show I'm gonna show a little every chance that I get. Like, man, mm-hmm. I, I watched that. That was cold, bro. Keep doing it. Like, they might be looking at me like, I don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I know you. Know, I see your shit. <laughs> and that energy comes back to you. You know, no, that positive energy and support and show love, like, it's going to come back tenfold. That's a fact. That's a fact. Cause it, it, that's a fact. I can't disagree with that. But yeah, any, y'all had um anything else before we wrapped up? This was um, I, I, I love I love this. Like I said, we don't like I said we doing um I know Deanna already told you, but we got yeah. the studio. So yeah, the podcast congrats on that. That's <laughs> dope. I seen that. Thank, thank you. you. The podcast yeah. going to a whole nother level. So I told her I said yeah we gonna have to bring her uh back out to Dallas for a part two so to do it in live in the studio because this this gonna go crazy man this. Yeah, yeah. I ain't even gonna go too deep on it, but I'm I'm happy to, I'm happy as hell. But uh, yeah, we gonna we gonna we gonna lock that in. But anything else y'all want to uh, go over? Or y'all, or y'all's good. That's but it. Before, before but before we wrap up, Deja, just plug all your stuff where people can find you. Follow you on Instagram, websites, book, everything. Yeah, so my Instagram is Deja Marnay, D A I J A H Marnay, M A R N A E. I just launched the Mobile Home Investing Formula course. Um, the link will be in my bio. The website is also mobilehomeinvestingformula.com. And I have a fitness apparel line that's Shop Junae, J-U-N-A-E. 
Yeah, but y'all definitely make sure uh, y'all go follow her, go tap in. If you're trying to get some mobile homes, go to that website. I'm going to put the link in the description of the podcast. So if you want to get started, like I said, go to that website. And then wrapping up, for those who don't know, y'all can find me and follow me on social media, Instagram. I mean, what's it, social media? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, everything else, YouTube, at Xavier C. Miller. And D, what's your info? You find me on Instagram at Deanna Kent, Twitter, Deanna S. Kent, YouTube, Blessings in Life and Luxury. And make sure you go cop the crypto guy at www.godscrypto.com. Appreciate that plug. And make sure y'all rate, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, subscribe, leave a five-star review, all that good stuff. And that's all we got for y'all. Appreciate y'all tuning to another episode of Million of Mindsets Podcast. See you guys next episode. Peace. Peace. Up Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama Only stay surrounded by them people, if you know they solid Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it No Deanna, speak that shit that everybody voucher Ain't no more excuses valid, get up off the couch and get up in your bag To your bank account, need an accountant I study millionaires cause I was born a visionary You still believe in limitations, why you acting scary? You can't distract me from the paper, I've been chasing greatness I'm stacking now and balling later, in the conversation We strategizing, monetizing, piling up investments And sacrificing temporary sh- for bigger blessings Yeah, a tapped in boss mind state I multiply my grind rate and I match the way I vibrate Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million if you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama Only stay surrounded by them people, if you know they solid Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it No Deanna, speak that shit that everybody voucher Ain't no more excuses valid, get up off the couch and get up in your bag To your bank account, need an accountant